Book Two, Chapter Two, Sections One and Two of In the Days of the Comet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. In the Days of the Comet by H. G. Wells. Book Two, Chapter Two, Sections One and two the awakening so the great day came to me and even as i had awakened so in that same dawn the whole world awoke for the whole world of living things had been overtaken by the same tide of insensibility in an hour at the touch of this new gas in the comet the shiver of catalytic change had passed about the globe. They say it was the nitrogen of the air, the old azote, that in the twinkling of an eye was changed out of itself, and in an hour or so became a respirable gas, differing indeed from oxygen, but helping and sustaining its action, a bath of strength and healing for nerve and brain. I do not know the precise changes that occurred nor the names our chemists give them. My work has carried me away from such things. Only this I know. I and all men were renewed. I picture to myself this thing happening in space, a planetary moment, the faint smudge, the slender whirl of a meteor drawing nearer to this planet, this planet like a ball, like a shaded, rounded ball, floating in the void, with its little, nearly impalpable coat of cloud and air, with its dark pools of ocean, its gleaming ridges of land, and as that midge from the void touches it, the transparent, gaseous outer shell clouds in an instant green, and then slowly clears again. Thereafter, for three hours or more, we know the minimum time for the change was almost exactly three hours, because all the clocks and watches kept going everywhere. No man, nor beast, nor bird, nor any living thing that breathes the air stirred at all, but lay still. Everywhere on earth that day, in the ears of every one who breathed, there had been the same humming in the air, the same rush of green vapors, the crepitation, the streaming down of shooting stars. The Hindu, had stayed his morning's work in the fields to stare and marvel and fall. The blue-clothed Chinaman fell head foremost athwart his midday bowl of rice. The Japanese merchant came out from some chaffering in his office amazed and presently lay there before his door. The evening gazers by the golden gates were overtaken as they waited for the rising of the great star. This had happened in every city of the world, in every lonely valley, in every home and house and shelter and every open place. On the high seas, the crowding steamship passengers, eager for any wonder, gaped and marveled and were suddenly terror-stricken and struggled for the gangways and were overcome. The captain staggered on the bridge and fell. The stoker fell headlong among his coals. The engines throbbed upon their way untended. 
the fishing craft drove by without a hail with swaying rudder heeling and dipping the great voice of material fate cried halt and in the midst of the play the actors staggered dropped and were still the figure runs from my pen in new york that very thing occurred most of the theatrical audiences dispersed but in two crowded houses the company fearing a panic went on playing amidst the gloom and the people trained by many a previous disaster stuck to their seats and there they sat the back rows only moving a little and there in disciplined lines they drooped and failed nodded and fell forward or slid down upon the floor i am told by parload though indeed i know nothing of the reasoning on which his confidence rests that within an hour of the great moment of impact the first green modification of nitrogen had dissolved and passed away leaving the air as translucent as ever the rest of that wonderful interlude was clear had any had eyes to see its clearness in london it was night but in new york for example people were in the full bustle of the evening's enjoyment in chicago they were sitting down to dinner the whole world was abroad the moonlight must have illuminated streets and squares littered with crumpled figures through which such electric cars as had no automatic brakes had ploughed on their way until they were stopped by the fallen bodies people lay in their dress clothes in dining rooms restaurants on staircases in halls everywhere just as they had been overcome men gambling men drinking thieves lurking in hidden places sinful couples were caught to arise with awakened mind and conscience amidst the disorder of their sin america the comet reached in the full tide of evening life but britain lay asleep but as i have told britain did not slumber so deeply but that she was in the full tide of what may have been battle and a great victory up and down the north sea her warships swept together like a net about their foes on land too that night was to have decided great issues the german camps were under arms from reddington to markirch their infantry columns were lying in swaths like mown hay in arrested night march on every track between longayon and thiancourt and between avercourt and donin the hills beyond spincourt were dusted thick with hidden french riflemen the thin lash of the french skirmishers sprawled out amidst spades and unfinished rifle pits in coils that wrapped about the heads of the german columns thence along the vosges watershed and out across the frontier near belford nearly to the rhine the hungarian the italian peasant yawned and thought the morning dark and turned over to fall into a dreamless sleep the mahometan world spread its carpet and was taken in prayer and in sydney in melbourne in new zealand the thing was a fog in the afternoon that scattered the crowd on race courses and cricket fields and stopped the unloading of shipping and brought men out from their afternoon rest to stagger and litter the streets section two
my thoughts go into the woods and wildernesses and jungles of the world to the wild life that shared man's suspension and i think of a thousand feral acts interrupted and truncated as it were frozen like the frozen words pantagruel met at sea not only men it was that were quieted all living creatures that breathe the air became insensible impassive things motionless brutes and birds lay amidst the drooping trees and herbage in the universal twilight the tiger sprawled beside his fresh-struck victim who bled to death in a dreamless sleep the very flies came sailing down the air with wings outspread the spider hung crumpled in his loaded net like some gaily painted snowflake the butterfly drifted to earth and grounded and was still and as a queer contrast one gathers that the fishes in the sea suffered not at all speaking of the fishes reminds me of a queer little inset upon that great world dreaming the odd fate of the crew of the submarine vessel b ninety four has always seemed memorable to me so far as i know they were the only men alive who never saw that veil of green drawn across the world all the while that the stillness held above they were working into the mouth of the elbe past the booms and the mines very slowly and carefully a sinister crustacean of steel explosive crammed along the muddy bottom they trailed a long clue that was to guide their fellows from the mothership floating awash outside then in the long channel beyond the forts they came up at last to mark down their victims and get air that must have been before the twilight of dawn for they tell of the brightness of the stars they were amazed to find themselves not three hundred yards from an ironclad that had run ashore in the mud and heeled over with the falling tide it was a fire amidships but no one heeded that no one in all that strange clear silence heeded that and not only this wrecked vessel but all the dark ships lying about them it seemed to their perplexed and startled minds must be full of dead men theirs i think must have been one of the strangest of all experiences they were never insensible at once and i am told with a sudden catch of laughter they began to breathe the new air none of them has proved a writer we have no picture of their wonder no description of what was said but we know these men were active and awake for an hour and a half at least before the general awakening came and when at last the germans stirred and sat up they found these strangers in possession of their battleship the submarine carelessly adrift and the englishman begrimed and weary but with a sort of furious exultation still busy in the bright dawn rescuing insensible enemies from the sinking conflagration but the thought of certain stokers the sailors of the submarine failed altogether to save brings me back to the thread of grotesque horror that runs through all this event the thread i cannot overlook for all the splendors of human well-being that have come from it i cannot forget the unguided ships that drove ashore that went down in disaster with all their sleeping hands nor how inland motor-cars rushed to destruction upon the roads 
and trains upon the railways kept on in spite of signals to be found at last by their amazed reviving drivers standing on unfamiliar lines their fires exhausted or less lucky to be discovered by astonished peasants or awakening porters smashed and crumpled up into heaps of smoking crackling ruin the foundry fires of the four towns still blazed the smoke of our burning still denied the sky fires burnt indeed the brighter for the change and spread end of book two chapter two sections one and two